Welcome to Inspire Others and the Guide to Awesomeness podcast, powered by Coldwell Banker Ronan Realty. Join us as we explore how to unleash your inner awesomeness with some of the most inspiring people in all industries. Welcome everybody to the Guide to Awesomeness. Today I have Mark Weisladder with us. He's a senior partner at realestatelawyers.ca and has been practicing law for over 35 years. Mark's books for real estate agents, buyers, sellers, and landlords continue to be bestsellers. Mark has appeared as a guest real estate expert on CTV, Global TV, BNN, City TV, CBC Radio, and News Talk 1010, and has been quoted in each of Canada's major national newspapers on real estate issues. Mark and the team at realestatelawyers.ca, LLP, make real estate transactions simple. With remote video signing services, with their competitive flat rate legal fees so that you can do the entire real estate transaction from the comfort of your home. Thank you for joining us today, Mark. Thank you, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Well, on the Guide to Awesomeness, we like to dig into what makes people awesome. So I always like to ask about your journey and how you started. So can you tell us kind of about your journey and what inspired you to become a real estate lawyer? Well, actually, I wanted to become a stage performer and a comedian. As you know, it's not so easy to do that, but I tried. I really did. I was a good speaker, and I wasn't afraid of an audience. And as such, I thought I would be great in a courtroom. And so eventually, I got into law, and that was sort of the basis for law to start with. But You've mentioned that I've written a lot of books and I speak to agents all across the country. And I find that I'm able to utilize all the talents that I have from all my backgrounds, whether it was performing or the law, to me, makes it a more entertaining presentation. And if you want to teach anything, one thing I've learned, you better be entertained. That is the truth. And I've seen you speak. I've heard you speak. I've read your books over the years. And not only entertaining, but very relatable. And you deliver content in a way that everybody can really understand. So thank you for that. And I'm not surprised. I'm a little bit surprised. But now that you tell me the the comedic background, I totally see it. And I find a lot of people, interestingly enough, the stage was in their background or some type of drama. And just curious, uh, what was your very first job? Now that you remind me, uh, I think my paper route when I was 12 was my very first job. And I still remember that in those days, you had to collect the weekly fees from the people. Oh. You know, so you had to go to door to door and collect a dollar seventy-five, three dollars from the people for the weekly things. But they used to give you a tip when you came to the door. And then they switched to allow people to just pay directly to the paper for six months. I hated those people <laughs> because then I could never go collect from them. And then I had to wait till Christmas if they were nice enough to leave me something at the door. I still remember that. Yeah. Well, that that's probably where some of your comedy started too, right? It's a little bit of Maybe. performance at Maybe. the door. That's excellent. Now, so you have over 35 years of experience in real estate law. What is some of the most significant changes or trends that you've observed in the real estate industry in those years? Well, for the most part, one thing hasn't changed. 
You know, some people used to say that, oh, a commercial deal is tough and a residential house deal, not so difficult. Wrong. If there's one thing I've learned over the years, every real estate deal is extremely important to everybody. And for many buyers and sellers, it's the largest deal they'll make in their lives. So not only is it important for the realtor to be properly looking after them, you know, no deal is the same. And we have to treat it exactly the same way. And when problems come up, we have to deal with it. I have noticed that it's become more easy to process a real estate deal. Like we can do everything online now where we had to do everything differently. 30 years ago. But still, we may try to maintain that personal contact with the clients throughout from the moment the file comes in until we close the deal. Yeah, that everything has become more electronic. But like you said, there's probably other issues and things that pop up with the electronic stuff anyways. So now challenges. So from your perspective, because you see a lot, a lot of what's happening on the volume that you see coming through, what challenges do you see in the coming months? Uh, to the next year in the real estate market? I still you know, see the market staying strong. One thing about Southern Ontario is we happen to be blessed geographically. Like, frankly, you ask anybody in the world to pick three places where they would like to move to. The GTA is probably one of the three because you look at the world. It's a crazy place. And so you have all of these people who want to come live here and not enough homes. And so the market will stay stable, as I'm convinced of it. Now, because of the rise in interest rates, you have a a situation where a lot of people got into the market three years ago during the pandemic when rates plummeted to zero. Now those mortgages are coming due. And For them to afford it, I'm finding that they have to go either to private lenders and pay tremendous fees, or they have to sell. And so this, I think, will unfortunately drive more activity. But I'm not as concerned because there's so many buyers out there still waiting to buy. It just means that there may be a price correction, you know, that happens. Yeah, in the short term, as we see everyone kind of try to find their new footing. And as you mentioned, there is, you know, those mortgages are going to be coming due. But I agree with you. You know, we're so blessed to be outside of Toronto, which I think is like the seventh last time I checked the seventh largest city in uh, North America include that's including Mexico. And I'll say one other thing. You know, I I was on a call with the premier and his ministers. It was a real estate call. And I mentioned on the call that it was my experience that because we speak over 200 languages here in the GTA, that people from all over the world can find countrymen here. And that's one of the reasons. And it was interesting that one of the ministers, and I forget their names, got on the phone and said that the call center staff for the province can answer questions in 300 languages. I didn't even know there were 300 languages in in this world. But that tells me that fundamentally, this is a great place for anybody, frankly, to come to move to. I agree. And I did not know that there was 300 languages, nor that anyone could answer them. But that just goes to show you the 
the breadth of of the melting pot that we are, right? They've always called us the melting pot. So I've grown up in this area all my life. Are you from this area originally? Yes, I was born in Toronto, raised here, and uh, you know, very proud to be from this city. Excellent. Now I have to ask the question, are you a Leafs fan? Unfortunately, I still remember when they won in 67. So I've been a long-suffering fan for a long time, and but still very uh, entertained by them today. Yeah, absolutely. Go Leafs, go. So uh, when we get to advice, so advice for anybody, really, but what is one piece of advice from your books that you'd say is surprisingly applicable to both real estate transactions and life in general? You know, I remember a, uh, I get a lot of people who complain to me on closing when they come into the house and the burner on their stove is not working. It's like, it's the end of the world when the burner on their stove and they're screaming and they want to sue everybody. I remember a deal that I had where it was actually a lawyer who was the buyer and I was representing the lawyer. And he came in after closing and I wished him congratulations. He said, you know, I came to the house and they took the light switch off the wall. And I thought he was referring to the plate that goes around the switch. And I said, well, you know, people. He said, no, they took the entire switch. There were wires coming out out of the wall. So I started laughing, you know, but then he said, I'm not finished. They took the toilets out of the house. So now I said, why would they do that? So he told me that The sellers had heard that he was going to tear down the house and build another one. And so they figured if he's tearing the house anyways, he won't need the toilets. We'll take them. What they didn't hear was that he was going to wait a year and live in the house and then tear it down. So I still remember saying to him, thank you so much for this. So he said, why? He said, I said, because now any buyer who calls me about a broken burner, I can answer. Be happy you have your toilets, (laughs) you know. But I think there's a lesson in life in that. No matter what happens to you, if you really look at the big picture, things could be an awful lot worse. And we really have to learn to be grateful for the good things. And even the bad things find some comfort in it's not that bad. And I think that's a lesson that applies in real estate and frankly, in life itself. That's great advice. Don't sweat the small stuff, right? Always try to find the silver lining. So many people have rituals and habits that help them either stay positive and productive or unwind. Do you have any specific routines or rituals that you follow in your daily life or work? Thank you. You know, besides doing, trying to stay active, you know, and working out a few times a week, you know, that's always you try to stay ahead of the game that way. It's very important to me that if I don't speak to my children at least twice a day, it's like, you know, that has to happen. Otherwise I can't, you know, work. But otherwise I just like reading and studying. And the beauty of online is you sign up to different websites, people, and you receive, let's say an email of the day on a topic I'm interested in. And it just allows me when that email pops up to say, oh, I can take a break. 
and I can read. And then I can usually use that information, whether it's in something that I'm going to be writing or in a new presentation. That, to me, is just a wonderful way for me, anyways, to spend my day. Re-energize yourself with information. It's always good. If you could have one conversation or have a conversation, I guess, with any historical figure, and this could be living or deceased, about a real estate related topic, who would it be and what would you discuss? I like to think of one of the great role models of all time, which was Thomas Edison, who invented the light bulb. And, you know, he had the greatest recipe for success by saying, I failed 10,000 times until I succeeded. And that's always one of the things you hold up to people that, uh, that as an example, you never give up. You know, the more you try, and if I was speaking to him, the guy who brought electricity to the world, imagine the ability for homes to be spread out everywhere and everybody to have electricity, a miracle. You know, to be able to sit with him and say, Thomas, I live in the greatest area in the world. We have more land than anywhere else, and we can't build enough homes. Yes. And the governments are all, full, you know, lost. Mm-hmm. They don't know, do we open? Do we close? Do we what? Could you have a common sense answer to this problem? I'd love to hear his thoughts. I would too. And maybe somebody would listen to him. <laughs> if we could bring, if we could conjure him. It does seem like everyone's a little bit lost, but I think every, I always remind myself that every generation probably at some point has felt like that and, uh, and it'll come back around. Would you mind sharing an example of a particularly complex or interesting real estate transaction that you've handled in your career? Yeah, thank you. So I remember I was acting for a buyer and they bought this lovely home in the city that had tremendous privacy, like there were evergreen trees all around the property. Well, what happened was the seller moved out a week before closing. And as they were moving out, their neighbor came up to them and said, you know, your evergreen trees were, you know, the leaves were going over the property line. We always meant to ask you if we could trim the branches back to the property line. And so, and legally, you are allowed to trim tree branches back to the property line as long as you don't harm the tree. That's the law. So the seller said, sure, go ahead. And then they moved out. P.S. Buyers, on their last home visit, two days before closing, they come to the house and it turns out the neighbors had taken off every branch of all of the trees so they were just imagine four poles on what their privacy was ruined and they cry saying you know this house is ruined and and so they asked me can we cancel the deal and you know under the contract it says you can only cancel the deal if there has been substantial damage which would mean a flood or a major fire. That's really the only way a buyer can cancel the deal. So I was telling them this and they were not happy. They were heartbroken. And I said, leave this with me. And so I thought about it and I call, I'm not good at landscaping. I'm not good at gardening. So I called my wife, who is the expert in our family. And I said to her, you know, I remember a couple of summers ago, 
you put up these cedar hedges on one side of our lawn. And almost immediately, we had complete privacy. You know, these large cedar hedges. And as they kept growing, it was more and more private. So I said, how much did you pay for those cedar hedges? So she said, I paid $150 for each head. So, you see, I have to be careful because with my wife, there's two prices. There's <laughs> what she pays and what she tells me that she pays. But I, I figured it out. It was close to $150 a hedge. So I called up the seller lawyer and I said, we got a problem here. but. I think that if you give me a credit for eight cedar hedges, that's $1,200, we can have privacy again. And we're back to the same thing because they shouldn't have done this. And so the seller went to speak, the lawyer went to speak to the sellers. They were very happy to, to give this. And my buyers were thrilled because they had their privacy back. So I found that that was it was a situation I never encountered before, but I found that, you know, it's it's good. And that's one of the reasons I chose real estate, because with litigation, which I thought I would be good at because I like talking, you know, everybody's fighting all the time. It's like you fight with everybody over everything. But in real estate, I learned that in general, the lawyers want to work together. We want to get the deal closed. Of course, sometimes we have unreasonable clients. Get it. But most of the time, we're trying to work something out. And I was delighted and the clients were delighted when we were able to solve this in a way that satisfied everybody and allowed the deal to close. It's so true. I guess litigation, everyone's on opposite opposing sides. And in real estate, really, most of the time, everyone's working towards a common goal. Yeah. So I guess anyone who's thinking about getting into law, think about which side you want to be on, right? Do you want to fight all the time? Or do you want to work towards a common goal? There's another important lesson. You know, so many people, when it comes to these real estate disputes, the first thing they say is sue. I want to sue. Yep. And I say, you can sue, but I can tell you, my experience over all these years, only the lawyers win the lawsuits. Everybody else loses, but the lawyers get paid. And so you have to think about that. And, and I, I like to give an example. When I say, do you remember your last traffic ticket that you got? How did that make you feel? You know, you got stopped at a stop sign, maybe points, maybe a few dollar fine. And you said you weren't guilty and you forgot about it. But then every time you drove down the street, it bothered you when you passed that intersection. And then when you got that notice six months later that you have to be in court in three weeks, all of a sudden you're not sleeping. You're like so stressed out. Um, what do I do? Do I hire one of these points guys, you know, to help me? I, I, I don't know what to do. I said, imagine that stress multiplied by a thousand. That's what a lawsuit is. And just to, that's what I try to explain. That's why I'd rather work with agents to resolve these things at closing so that people don't have to sue because lawyers, unfortunately, are the only only winners. When these things go to court, absolutely, and a, and a court case here and can like right now, Mark can take what a couple of years, three years, minimum, 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 small claims court, two years. Wow, 
Yeah. The, and there's a big backlog and people don't realize that. I know. Right. So you're better yeah. off and uh, working as a team. I think agents and lawyers, I always advise um, to work together, call the lawyer if there's anything, any questions or any bumps you see and just get ahead of them, um, get ahead of things and work together. So that's great advice. Good advice. Good, Good advice. advice. And I know Thank people you. can always find I love your site, your website. And for a long time, um, it's really stood out because I don't think there's anyone else that does uh, what you do um, in this province. And so if anyone has any questions, I'm going to do a little plug to make sure you go check out Mark's website. Thank you. Website. It's easy. Mark at realestatelawyers.ca. Yeah. Any question you have. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it's so easy to find. So now before we go, I'd like to ask you three questions that we ask every guest here. Uh, the first one, is there a tool that you use to ensure that you're always working um, as productively as you can? I find, especially as I get older, I have to make a list in the morning of what I got to do. When I come into the office, that's the first thing I do. I say, what do I got to get done today? And I try to go through that list because during a day, I'm going to get bombarded typically with hundreds of emails phone calls, things to deal with, emergencies. If I, I got to have that list because no matter what I'm doing, if I know that I've got to accomplish certain things, that is my guide. So to me, I don't need it on a computer. I have to write it down and cross it off. That's the best tool that I ever had and will continue to have in order to make sure I get my work done every day. That's great advice. And I was going to ask you if you're a pen and paper guy or a computer guy. So you answered that for me. Pen and paper, I'm the same. I like to write my lists. Fun fact, Mark, my mom was a lawyer, um, well, is a lawyer, but now she works in a, in a more bureaucratic position within the government, but she was a divorce attorney. Uh, so I grew up with, with a lawyer um, and helped me, helped me with a lot of things in life. And uh, funny enough, she used to always make a list too. And she would always tell me, you make your list and you'll be fine, Sarah. So great advice, everyone. If you're not making a list, make a list. And what is one habit that has transformed your life? I go back, frankly, to my children because I've read too many times of people who work too hard and they neglect their family life. And, you know, to me, you know, when I made that rule, that no matter what or where my kids are, I have to speak to them every morning. I have to, and they're away, they're in different cities now, but they know that we have to speak every morning. We have to speak every evening. And, you know, to me that no matter what I'm doing, when I see the phone and their, their number on it, it just gives me such a smile and it makes the rest of my day from the beginning to the end, just flow easily, more easily. And I think you have to remember those things because it's too easy to just be focused on work. Work is really important. We're trying to make a living, everybody. But I think that if you remember what's important and develop those habits, everything else just comes. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful why, right? Your, your children. Now, are they far from you now? I'm so proud of both of them. My One of them is uh, a resident now in a hospital and her patients and everyone there loves her. And she's a wonderful, you know, she's just wonderful at what she does. My other daughter is trading bonds on Wall Street. So, I mean, they're both doing things that I could never do. And I'm so proud of both of them. And they married nice guys. And so 
I couldn't be happier than what they're doing with their life. Nope, that's a good feeling, eh? A proud dad and both your girls are out there and doing well. So congratulations on that. But I also wanted to say that didn't happen with me alone. I have a wonderful wife who really, you know, it was a wonderful role model for them. And uh, I still don't understand why she picked me all those years ago, but we're still together. It's because you were funny. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm sure there's lots of great qualities, but it is uh, it is nice to hear. And I think it is important and it's easy to get busy, especially in this crazy world. They say certain things you're going to remember at the end of the day, right? And family is definitely one of them. So I'm going to one last question. Okay. And it's that if you could write a chapter in the guide to awesomeness, what would the title be? It's hard because there's so many sayings and I didn't think of this, but I, I might say just be the best version of you that you can be. People can't ask for anything more. You can't be what you're not and you shouldn't be, but you should try to be the best version of you, which means that whatever your individual talents are, that's what you should accentuate and develop. Don't try to be something else. Just be the best version of you of you. That's brilliant. And I think it, and it's hard is good advice too, because sometimes it's hard to be the best version, but you got to keep going. Like you said, like Thomas Edison, right? You fail, you fail, pick yourself up and keep on going. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Mark. It was You're very well. Absolute pleasure. Sarah, thank you. It's a pleasure speaking to you and I wish you and your brokerage continued success. As well as we wish you, and I'm sure we'll be catching up soon. So you have an awesome day and we'll talk soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me for another awesome episode. Whether you're already on the road to awesomeness or just starting out. Be sure to join us next time for a dose of motivation, education, and entertainment.